Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show. Brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. And joining me from the past will be Benjamin Solak because... Here's the scoop, and I'm going to tell you. You know how when a television series has maybe run short on ideas and still need to pump out episodes, so they take the easy road and throw together a compilation show? Well, it's late May. There's not much going on in the football world right now, and maybe this isn't taking the easy road because throwing together a compilation show is a pain in the butt, I've learned, when there's zero pre-planning or foresight involved on my part. But what we're going to be doing today and over the next couple of weeks is we're going to be revisiting the best of the Kist and Solak show recaps. As you know, if you've been with us for a while, me and Ben are on reaction duty after each game. So what you're going to hear today is the best of the best from the shows that happen from weeks one, two, three, and four. And you'll get the other installments at a later date as I continue to throw these together. I wanted to do this because I believe there's a ton of good content in those shows and it's a different way to relive the season and see how we were feeling at the time. And also because one of the main goals we have at the Kist and Solak show is to educate. And there's plenty of scheme talk that we go over in these shows that maybe hopefully will enhance the way that you watch the game. That's the goal anyway. Other than that, maybe you'll laugh with us a little as well. So here we go. The best of the Kist and Solak show recaps weeks one through four. Week one, Philadelphia 32, Washington 27. All right, one down, 18 to go, exactly as planned, exactly as scheduled, exactly as anticipated. Yeah. Nothing about that game was different than we thought it would be. Takes asking to fire Jim Schwartz. <laughs> I saw Takes wondering if we had overestimated Carson Wentz. I saw Takes saying that uh, the, there was, the Eagles weren't going to be able to play themselves back into the game. Deshaun. <laughs> Ronald Darby got to learn how to catch a dog on football. Oh, my God. His ball skills tick me off, man. Even in the air when he's just going to bat him down. His, it's always been an issue for him finding, yes. tracking the ball, and making a play on the ball. And I think he's a really – I think he, I got the potential to be a really good corner, but his ball skills really concern me, man. Derek Barnett had three quarterback hits. I could not tell you where a single one happened, the to same. be honest. Right. Which, like, I don't even think that's me being, being mean on Barnett, who had two offsides penalties. That's me being mean on Barnett. <laughs> Fun fact on the timeline. Carson Wentz, third down passing stats, 12 for 13 for 197 yards. <laughs> he is not including touchdowns as first downs. So that's nine of 13 conversions, three of which were touchdowns. Yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself an expert, Mike. Right. But that might be good. Yeah, math is too hard for me to say if that's good or not. I need the all 22 for that as well. And Nelson Aguilar, quite quiet with two receptions for 11 yards. I really didn't notice him in the game at all three targets for dallas goddard reprehensible three <laughs> targets for jordan howard you tell me those are the same players how dare you there are a lot of things that we pound the table for in the offseason there are some things that we really just slam bodies through the table for one of mine was getting deshaun in the slot in reduced splits both of the bombs to him were from a reduced alignment from the slot in trips he gets locked up on norman on the first one who's got outside leverage just runs past him there's no way that norman's keeping up with him on that he's got no help over the top the next bomb to deshaun was just as pretty 53 yard touchdown Wentz changed this play at the line and what ends up happening is you have a safety responsible for the middle of the field with Nelson Aguilar running right at him, it kind of looked like a smash divide where you've got those two vertical routes attacking Yes, sir. I'm about to say, that's the adult divide concept, brother. <laughs> so Monte Nicholson is looking at Nelson Aguilar streaking at him. And to his left, he's got Deshaun Jackson streaking at him. And he's got to make a choice based on the coverage that they're in. He's not getting any help there. So he decides to take the middle of the field. I think Wentz could have thrown it to either Aguilar 
right. or Deshaun and gotten well, a touchdown. Yeah, Charles Davis, who was commentating the game, you know, said that that Monte Nicholson made the incorrect read, like made the wrong choice of going on Aguilar. And it's really not the case in the sense that divide is a middle field closed open read, right? When you when you are middle field closed, as the, the, the Redskins were with a single high safety, a player in the middle of the field, you're reading that player. Right. And wherever he doesn't go, you make him wrong by throwing it to then the open player. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and they did show Wentz's eyes on that play. Wentz, you know, he checks the route stems and then he's looking at Nicholson. It's like, wherever you go, I'm delivering the ball to the opposite spot. And with Jackson and Aguilar, you have two true 4-4 players. Yeah. Put some air under it and let the guys go get it. At Deshaun getting into a scrape on his third snap back was the most important thing that happened to me in the whole game. <laughs> when Peterson elected to make the Redskins repunt after Sproles returned it to the 30, not like to the 40, to the 30, <laughs> the Eagles fans who've been booing a lot were booed. And I was so proud <laughs> that they were upset about the decision to force a repunt on a holding penalty. Amazing. <laughs> Didn't even know you could do that. It's incredible. Um, but they're very upset about it, and it made me laugh. <laughs> Peterson values the horizontal stretch. The quick play that gets to the boundary very fast that makes the defense cover all 53 and a third yards mm. that go from sideline to sideline. The Eagles' offensive plays are almost invariably better when they're not horizontal stretch plays. <laughs> like, they, they run them. Yeah. Because, okay, because we talk about these concepts, this this phrase I, I use very frequently on the podcast called constraint plays. Mm. And a constraint play is a, is a play that you run, even if it will not be the most effective play for that down, which is, like, a very impactful sentence. You know, the big analytics movement and... and NFL Twitter and NFL circles are about maximizing every play for every down. A constraint play, which coaches objectively use, are not predicated on maximizing the EPA of a particular down. So this is like a a, a conflated idea here. But constraint plays are plays that are designed to force the defense to respect an idea. And that idea is built and baked into other more dynamic, explosive, down-the-field concepts that are expected to, to return big gains. How dynamic and explosive would those concepts be if not for the constraint plays, we don't know. Maybe constraint plays are totally vestigial and we don't realize it, but people run them. So we run the bubble screens so that we can run fake smoke routes and then hit you know big plays deep. We run the bubble screens to force defenders to flow upfield to be closer to the line of scrimmage so it's easier to get behind them. That's the basic premise, right? Mike talked about smash divide. Smash divide was the, the, the concept on which Deshaun Jackson scored his touchdown. You had two deep receivers against one deep safety. Big advantage for the offense. Well, that third route by Alshon Jeffrey, which, you know, did not go deep, was a little three-step hitch. And the Eagles, you know, anecdotally, the story is by coaches that you need to throw that three-step hitch to make the defense respect it, even if it only get you four yards, so that you can throw the divide concept over the top when it's time to go get the touchdown, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of the story of constraint plays. So the Eagles run these horizontal stretch plays. They're an important part of their offense. They're constraint plays that inherently build the fundamental uh, blocks upon which the offense is founded. How necessary are they? We don't really know. But... All of those bubble screens, all of those screens, you know, that 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 play action, then it fake the deep shot, and then you know, the, the play to Howard, the screenplay, whatever. That's all kind of what that what those ideas are built off of. That's that's the the narrative. That's the the interplay of deep shots and, and these shallow routes. Uh, I don't remember why I started talking about this, <laughs> but, but gonna... I did. The opening drive of the third quarter. Yeah. Philadelphia comes out in 12 personnel, and they're using the tight end wing alignment. And this is a, a, a particular alignment. Like, we all love 12 personnel, right? But then there's a particular alignment within 12 personnel, which is a uh, tight end wing, which we really, really love. This is where you have two wide receivers to one side. Yeah. And then to the opposite side, you have the tight end and the wing. So the, like the H back, the tight end who's back off the line of scrimmage, both on the same side of the field. This is problematic in terms of what it presents from a run fill perspective. And it's something that the Rams found out in a big way in the week 15 matchup last year. Michigan found out about it against Army with that bubble that they were creating on the edge and they were able to run all over them. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like all football is the same. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nothing ever changes. Um, what happens is if, if you're trying to keep your secondary balanced, if you're trying to keep a corner on both sides of the field, well, you now have a corner who's head up over Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. That blocking situation is not going to go well. For your play, for for your corner, right. he's not he's now a primary run fill defender, and that's simply not where he's going to be at his most successful. So that opening drive of the second half, seventy five yard plays took seven minutes. You had uh, Darren Sproles up the middle for four yards. 
You had Darren Sproles left end for eight yards, Darren Sproles left guard for 17 yards, Miles Sanders up the middle for 19 yards. These were a lot of 12 personnel runs, and they were creating the, the holes off of the blocks of the tight end. You can run duo out of that. You can run inside zone out of that. You can motion the H back, motion the wing, and now you can run split zone out of that, or you can fill with him. So you can run full blocks and you can run arc blocks out of that. You can incorporate read option if you want to. There's a ton of running concepts that come from that particular look, which is very successful. The Eagles pass rush was not getting there, especially early on in the game. And even when they were bringing heat that seemed to be timed up with the Redskins going play action, going max protect, and it was giving Keenum time with these corners one on one on an island to free up a burner like Terry McLaurin, who was a guy that we were worried about is like maybe the only vertical threat on this team. Yeah. So McLaurin clearly is an issue and they got it right with him. I mean, eight Rasul Douglas alive and also burned the pants off Cindy Jones. Keenum just missed him across the middle. The thing that I say every single time we talk about Russell Douglas, <laughs> he's going to get burned. Yeah. He just makes more plays than the other guys do. Right. It's three words with the gentle listeners. <gasps> as always, as is the policy for those of you who might be new to the podcast, when we say three words, we put out a tweet from the VGN Radio account. You send three words to describe the Eagles game. If you don't use three words, we accuse you of cheating and we refuse to read it on the podcast. However, we have to read it out loud to accuse you of cheating. So it really actually works quite well. Yeah. So the three word is kind of like a general thing. At, at Philly 4 for 4, for example, uh, it says Deshaun is back. And then right after that, his three words are F the Cowboys. Like, yeah, F the Cowboys for sure. But we are not going to read that out. We are not going to encourage that and put yeah. your Twitter name You will not. By giving us multiple responses, we will never read them out never. at Philly 4 for 4 who wrote two responses that we read. It won't happen. Fire Jim Schwartz. Brother, it is way too early for that, my man. <laughs> I would bet a good amount of money that over the course of 16 regular season games, we will get 16 Fire Jim Schwartzes. Oh. At least. At least. Absolutely. Eagles will win a game 40-7. to seven. <laughs> Like, why is he still employed by this team? Yeah. Okay, here's here's another complete failure to follow the rules from Jpon3, <laughs> who has definitely submitted before. So come on, hashtag comeback, hashtag welcome back, hashtag that's my quarterback. That's Jeez. three hashtags, one of which is one word, another of which is two words, another of which is three words. So like, there's a weird like counting thing that went on here, but this definitely still does not count. I don't want. I don't want to. It's got to be exhausting to be to cover a losing team. Right. We've never covered a team. Me and you doing this together have never covered a team that have not gone to the playoffs. What is that like for a for a Browns podcast or, or radio show guy that has been right. hyping them up all off season? They put the mission accomplished banner up and everything like that, and then they come out and lay a stinker against the Titans. Yeah, they got pants by the Texans. The Titans. That was a weird one. Goodness, can you imagine being beat like that by Kirk Coupons? I can't. Radio, being Green Nation Radio, this is a listening thing, it's not a reading thing. We all we got, we all we need, fly Eagles fly. I got like bang in my beard, I don't know when that happened when we were recording. Bang energy? Yeah. I'll be honest, so so yesterday I was at Purdue Vanderbilt, I got about four hours of sleep, and then I was a three hour drive there and three hour back, oh. and I was fading hard, and so I, yeah. I pulled over at a gas station, I took a 30 minute nap, and then I woke up, I was like, I gotta get home, and I went into the gas station, and I looked at the Bang Energies, <laughs> and I said, yeah. are we there? Because I've never had one before, I said, are we there? And I proceeded to buy myself a chocolate milk, and I got back in the car. <laughs> Jeez, man, because you, you barely drink soda, so that's, that's, that would have that jacked you up, dude. I Bad. don't drink anything carbonated. Or anything alcoholic or any energy drinks. And I think Bang Energy is like four of the three. So <laughs> I would have died. Car would have just been bouncing on the highway. <laughs> Week two, Atlanta 24, Philadelphia 20. S-O-L-A-K. Usually I'm a little bit more, what, jauntier, I guess would be the word. A little more color, a little more, a little more, you know, melody. This was a tough loss and a wild game. Of course, we're talking about the Atlanta Falcons 24 Philadelphia Eagles 20 in week two of the NFL season here. And there's so many different directions in which we can take this. So many different emotions from the game, from the highs of nearly pulling this off with a drive to take the lead. And then also just all the weird injuries throughout the game. And I was thinking, man, like, I I don't care that the Eagles are only down by four points at half. Everybody's hurt. This sucks. This is a long, this is bad. And then you get sucked right back into it because this team just does not quit. Right. And they put themselves in a position to win at the end of the game and just boneheaded stuff happens and it just brings you right back down and you're like, what? what's going on, Ben? Listen, Carson was out for a drive. Al- Alshon and-, and-, and Deshaun both took about four snaps. 
Dallas Goddard. Goddard never saw the field. Sidney mm-hmm. jo- uh, Jones was out for a series. Jason Kelsey went to the wrong sideline. Right, exactly. So we just had uh, a, a slew of weird injuries. I mean, the Eagles had more people clear the concussion protocol than the average team gets injured in one game. Sidney Jones. In terms of the amount of, yeah, the amount of people who were who had to go to the signs of Nelson Aguilar uh, after in, in, in a key, you know, end of the first half situation to come off the field. And Timmy Jernigan goes into the, the, the locker room at halftime and just doesn't come back out. Leaves with a walking boot, according to reports now that are coming out at the end of this game. Which is fantastic because so, it sounds so much right. like what, what happened with Malik yeah. Jackson. And you're thinking at halftime, you're seeing all those injuries. You're seeing Corey Clement comes out in, in the second half. Right, Corey. And fu- forgot about and Corey. Fumbles and hurts his shoulder. And I'm thinking this whole right. time, I'm like, yeah, it's great, guys. It's a four-point four game. This whole team is banged up. Like, I, I didn't – there was a point where I was like, I don't care if this is a, is a win or a loss – just like be competitive and whatever, but get like healthy. Right. And then we haven't even brought up the fact that Wentz did not look like he was at 100%. Even in the third quarter, fourth quarter, when he was out there making heroic plays, he didn't like, you know, he was not a happy camper. That was not a normal color skin tone that Carson Wentz was. (laughs) Whatever they had him hyped up on, whatever adrenaline they shot directly into his heart in the locker room. Chris Collinsworth was bringing up on the broadcast, Fletcher Cox, not 100% back from a toe injury. As Jimmy Kemsky of Philly Voice and now BGN Radio was bringing up on Twitter, Ronald Darby does not look fully healthy. He was out there getting toasted on an island. Mm. So it's five players lost mid-game. And then you had players like Aguilar, Peters, Kelsey, Carson, Sidney lost for like a play. Or yeah. a drive. The Eagles were about to have three active wide receivers and no active tight ends. Like, it was... <laughs> this was the bottom of the barrel in terms of what the Eagles had in, terms, in their personnel. Wentz should have had two touchdown scoring drives. And at the very least, at the end of the game on the fourth right. night, should have had his chances extended. But Aguilar drops a sure touchdown. Just heartbreaking. And then on fourth down, he's the one that comes down with the rainbow. Eagles are set up in a situation where they're still alive, down four points, and Zach Ertz runs to the sticks at eight yards, comes back to catch the ball. He's a half yard short. You don't put that on Wentz. Flabbergasting that a tight end of Zach Ertz's caliber is just that short. And I understand, you know, you don't have the first down line on the field as you're running your route. But it's fourth and eight. Brother. With the game on the line in the red zone, I Brother. promise you, he knew the yard marker. The, the like you want you want to talk about a guy that we simply should just be condemning and moving on from and saying it's over is Nelson Aguilar, and that's been since last season for me. Right, but light lights excuse didn't work for Donnell Pumphrey in the <laughs> second preseason game, twenty eighteen. So lights don't get to work for Aguilar. Wow, um, you held on to that one. And that's what makes the Aguilar drop so disappointing is that of all things, Carson deserved it. Carson deserved that touchdown. Would have been a big moment for him with a depleted supporting cast with zero running game where your top two backs average less than three yards per carry. You find a way to beat a talented football team and Aguilar just drops it. Wentz grabbed that team by the, you know, rear end and and pulled them up through some muck. Like he he got this team back. Let's not forget that on that go ahead drive, Wentz was eight for eight for 72. Mental toughness. Audacity and the fearlessness. And the never say die attitude like third and once is a real thing because Carson's just so comfortable on that last down because there's there's no real there's no give up in that cat. And that's a really exciting thing to watch. It's a fun thing to root for. And critically, as we're discovering in the locker room quotes that are coming out, something that matters to teammates a great deal. Like there's a gushing over Carson Wentz's performance tonight, not from a on field talent perspective, but from a a resiliency perspective. Yeah, exactly. And so. You know, that's that's not only laudable, it's valuable from a team building perspective, from a belief perspective, that's going to keep you in games you don't belong in. We don't know if there was supposed to be an adjustment on the route. There's a clip on my timeline where Carson audibles at the line to J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Mm-hmm. And Ortega-Whiteside doesn't correctly read the audible. And after the snap, Carson kind of gives him a little fingers to the eyes. Like, you got to look and check with me at the snap. If I'm giving you a hand signal, it means you got to change your route because I'm reading coverage pre-snap. They're, they're posting a video of Zacherts talking in his locker, and he looks so sad. And now I feel bad that I said mean <laughs> things about him. Okay. Darby had a fascinating three-play sequence in the first half of the game there in the second quarter. The first the first play, Julio runs a double move. And as soon as I saw the double move, I'm like, oh, man, come on, Darby. Please stay with this. Don't. I don't want to hear about right. it. I don't want to hear about the all that stuff. He stays with it. He's in there. Like, it was And it was a good spot for Atlanta to run that double move, too, because you're at third and six. 
So you're trying to bait Darby into breaking to the sticks. But Darby stayed patient, stayed in phase, recognized that the ball was going to a spot where he was going to have to turn because he wasn't going to be able to make a play on it the way he was. Julio makes a ridiculous catch, and that's just routine for him, and Julio's going to be Julio. I thought Darby could have done a better job attacking his hands in the air instead of trying to kind of, like, shield it in that stance. But, like, if that's on him, like, Julio's gotten every corner in the universe like that, so no big deal. They come right back to it, scramble drill with Matt Ryan, and Ridley is on a little out route. Darby has him covered. And all of a sudden, Ridley streaks up field, and Ryan misses him. Third one after that. Like, it was bang, bang, bang. They ran a post. The Eagles are coming with cover zero, right? He squat. You could tell there's a hesitation where Darby squats. You're talking the, the cover early touchdown? The, no, the Hardy one. I mean, there's a lot going on with, with Darby tonight, brother. The Hardy one where right. Matt Ryan overthrew it because that cover zero bliss was uh, coming in. And okay, we were talking yeah. about, like, different okay, I'm quarterbacks. There, I'm there. Yeah, like the duality of Wentz where like, do you want a quarterback that's going to that's gonna put his body out there? Because Wentz will step into that throw and take the shot and get hurt. Ryan kind of fades off of it. Hardy beats him on the post. You know, Darby's kind of sitting on the intermediate route because he's hoping pressure is going to get there. And Ryan just kind of overthrows on a rainbow. And then well, right after that was the, the, the Matt Bryant missed field goal. So you're thinking, whew. All right, Darby right. got out of this one, and then it's just like it, – it was such a weird game for him. And then he got a pick. It showed off that he actually had hands, but it was like the easiest like breadbasket interception that you could possibly have. So just a wild night from the defensive backs. What did you think of the one where they're playing quarters with Sandejo? Because there is – in quarters, there is a possibility that Sandejo is going to take have to take an underneath route. And even though there wasn't anything threatening Sandejo, Dar- does Darby necessarily know that? Sure. Does Darby know he's not going to get if, any if, help? If you're – right. If you, if you ask any offensive coach in the entire world, hey, they're running straight quarters. Yeah. What are you hitting them with? Skinny post from the outside wide receiver. Uh, a deep out and a skinny post. I mean, it was the Jordan Matthews touchdown from last year against the Titans. They were running right. a cover four because right. it was right. going to take the safety out. Right. But uh, okay. But on the Jordan Matthews touchdown against the Titans, they had right. something to hold right. the near safety. You right? said they had nothing. If you're looking at cover four, mm-hmm. then then you're that that bang eight post. No, it's not a bang eight post. That deep skinny post is you expect it to be open. That's a disadvantage to every corner in the world. You yeah. know what I mean? That's the route that's going to get you because you don't necessarily have true deep middle help. So I don't fault him too much for it. I'll yeah. put it to you this way. What we've seen from Darby over his career with the Eagles, I'm not surprised that that was a route he got burned on. Corey Graham was making these mistakes. Sendejo was making these mistakes. We so regularly see deep routes get behind the Eagles' deep most safety. That yeah. is, is there just a theory... Between Undlin, Eagles defensive backs coach, and Jim Schwartz, that just there's more inherent value in having the safeties squat over the top of intermediate routes every week now. A, a deep route is completed over the Eagles' deep most safety. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that that's a coincidence. It can't be <laughs> that these players are so undisciplined and so poorly coached. Like, Undlin is, is viewed as like a good defensive backs coach in the league. You know, you know the funny thing, Ben. We were talking about the other day when Deshaun Jackson burned the Eagles in Week Two last year. That was that was a post to Deshaun Jackson on play action. Jenkins flew it was deep safety flew towards the intermediate route. He was supposed to help on that. Mills had no chance. Right. What's going on? It happened to Jenkins. That's too. that's my point. Is that Jenkins not a dumb dumb? Every week, Michael, I sit down with you and I ask, <laughs> "How did this deep safety get a route? Like, like dial it back to fifth grade football? All right. What do you told about safeties? Nobody gets behind Nobody gets you. behind me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles' safeties are regularly have receivers get behind them. Flying in the face. Is that a that. mistake every yeah. week? And if so, how's it not been corrected? And if it's not a mistake, what's the theory behind it? But and so this is this is the frustrating thing with when it comes to the Eagles and the safety depth. This is yeah. why, you know, you and I reviled Corey Graham for years. Sendejo <laughs> is here. But even then, Sandejo is 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 a one-year veteran rental who is not signed by any other team for a reason. The Eagles on third down, third and ten from the twenty-two game on the line went zero blitz. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the exact same coverage yeah. that Sidney Jones gave up a touchdown on not three drives ago, two drives ago, whatever the heck it was. Man, Jim Schwartz, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's I don't trust my pass rush to get there with four. Hmm. I don't know if it's Listen, my corners are going to get burned anyway. I don't know if it's, I don't care anymore. I just want to go home. Um, but this dude, I mean, there was never, a, yeah. never sent this many blitzes and this aggressive of blitzes ever. 
The goal of Jim Schwartz's defense is not to get pressure with four. Commentators tell you that, they're lying to you. The goal of Jim Schwartz's defense is to be plus one in the box against the run. That is what he dies for on every snap. And that's why corners are out there one-on-one against receivers. Because Jim Schwartz needs eight guys in the box against seven-man fronts. If that means Rasul Douglas one-on-one against Julio Jones, it means Rasul Douglas one-on-one against Julio Jones. When you blitz, you're implying that you have the secondary talent to cover one-on-one. And so when you give Matt Ryan, who has not had a good night, but has been in the league for 10 years, on a critical fourth and three, when you give him a zero look, a zero look, right? Not even like a single high, maybe we're going to do something. A zero look, where it's just man up on man up. There's nothing you can do in that look other than play man coverage. Right. So on fourth and three, you've told Matt Ryan, I am playing man coverage. And now Matt Ryan looks and sees Rasul Douglas on Julio Jones. Yeah. That's a win for the Falcons. But Rasul's been playing pretty well so far. He's been playing really great up at the line of scrimmage, being physical with Julio Jones. Jim Schwartz, listen to the podcast. <laughs> Puts Rasul Douglas up on the line of scrimmage. That's where Rasul's going to be the most effective. But on this particular down, Rasul is off the line, about six to seven yards, fourth and three. Why? On top of that, the slot corner, Avante, is right up on Mohamed Sanu. That's ideal. Why is that ideal? Because it means Maddox is, is, is sitting on the line for Jake Matthews to go get, mm-hmm. right? Matthews is not going to have to tag Maddox on the move. Maddox is already right where Matthews wants him to be. Mm-hmm. So now we've got Julio with a cushion. So we know Rasul Douglas is not going to be jumping the Sanu block. And Maddox is right where Matthews can be to just wipe him. This is the easiest Check. Yeah. This is the easiest check of Matt Ryan's career, and it's the deciding touchdown in a one-score game. To me, that's just poor situational coaching, which if I have a complaint with Jim Schwartz, who I have defended many times, who I do not think the Eagles should be anywhere close to firing, as we talk about every week, it's yeah. situational coaching, especially on late down, especially late in games, where he's, there seems to be some perplexing decision-making, and this was an example. Shane Half at underscore half and half, that's H-A-F-F, 2.3 yards per carry. Yeah, this run game has got to get going at some point. And look, Jordan Howard is the disciplined runner. That's not exciting. Miles Sanders is the undisciplined runner. That is exciting. (laughs) Nobody mentioned the picket fence defense in the three words, and I would like for some respect to be shown. They ran it twice. It worked magically both times. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Week three, Detroit 27, Philadelphia 24. Uh, How are you feeling about this one and two Eagles team and another very close, very heartbreaking loss in which plays that could have been made definitely were not made again? (laughs) Wow philosophy (laughs) everything is still delicious thank you for asking what we're having to get from Carson Wentz is perfection in a lot of cases and even when he's perfect guys are not making plays I mean you go back to the the middle portions of the game there were drives that ended on a Nelson Aguilar drop on third down there was a drive that ended Mm -hmm. on a Miles Sanders fumble the very next drive ended on a Nelson Aguilar fumble and then the last play of the game and look was not a perfect ball from Carson could have led Jay Jaw a little bit more out in front. Hits him right in the hands. The defender does not touch this thing. This is why Jay Jaw was drafted. None of the guys around Wentz are making plays. And Wentz is playing really doggone good football. And I don't care if they're in close games or not. 
You lose close games for a reason. Eagles have a more talented roster. They have better coaching. They have better players. Wentz played like a better quarterback. Stafford had a really good game, by the way. But this team is not yeah. this team is not making plays when they're out there. This is not like the magic type feel of 2017. This is crap right now. Alshon and Deshaun is the easy thing to talk about. This team is still missing Camus. It's missing Timmy Jernigan. It's missing Malik Jackson. It's missing Jalen Mills and then suddenly lost Ronald Darby. Starting players all across the board that the Eagles are missing. Dallas Goddard played, but barely took any snaps, had one target. On on a day in which the Eagles did not have wide receiver one and wide receiver two, a healthy Goddard gets more than one target. Oh, absolutely. And I was expecting more 12 and and play action off of it if he was going to be healthy, but he wasn't. On the Eagles' first touchdown drive, they had seven offensive linemen in blocking with Alex Ellis as the fullback and Dallas Goddard on the sideline. I think if Goddard was healthy, he would have been on the sideline for that set. God, no. First and 10, Detroit 26. There's 9-13 left. The Eagles are down 10. The Eagles run double China 7, and we can do this on the film review, but you know you have the have trips to the left. You've got the two in-breaking routes from the outside, and Goddard's running a corner route and gets one-on-one with, I believe that's 52. I, I, I forget the numbers right there. But Goddard, perfect throw, right on his hands, drops the ball in the end zone. Perfect throw. Can't, can't ask for anything else from Carson Wentz in that situation. Now, the Eagles yep. eventually get a touchdown, but it happens two minutes later. When you're down right. two scores in the fourth quarter, less than 10 minutes to go, how much does that two minutes matter? So the, even that drop itself wasn't without big consequences because the game scripting changes in that situation, and you might have a chance at another drive if that ball is not dropped. Those little drops, those those little things right there would have saved him two extra minutes to get back in this ball game. And of course, much matter a great deal. It's just killing this team, man. It's not just one person. It's not just Nelson Aguilar. It's Dallas Goddard, Matt Collins, and it's Darren Sproles pushing off and getting penalized. And it's Malcolm Jenkins getting an unfortunate call when he's running full speed at a guy with his back turned. It's just wild. Yeah. Man. And that's the unfortunate things to, that lead to bad losses against decent teams like the Lions. And I told you coming into this, and I don't want to play the, oh, I told you so thing because I really don't care. This game worried me more than I thought it would after right. breaking down the film. And the Lions, I think, held up their end of the bargain and played some decent football. Right. But I've been doing all these guys that are missing these plays because all these plays are being missed. And that's why the Eagles are losing freaking football games because their execution stinks. And it looks like they stink as a football team. And if you were to tell me that the Eagles stink right now, I couldn't disagree with you because they're playing bad football and they're killing themselves. They are better than this Lions team. And they end up losing because they yes. can't they can't help but trip over themselves. It's it's just a garbage performance at home, right. losing to the line at home. Heavy favorites. Come on. It's a three point loss on a dropped. I think a white side touchdown on a uh, 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 opening kickoff return for a touchdown and on two turnovers turning into six points for the line. You're down, you know but you're down like two scores. You're scrambling at the end. This isn't like, oh, it's just three points. It's no, you were scrambling. You needed uh, uh, you needed a defensive stop after missing a fourth down play call to force a field goal and then get lucky enough to get a blocked field goal. And you still can't. You still can't finish the job. That's frustrating. Yeah. Detroit was doubling Zach Ertz in key situations and, and at the end of the game and making it very clear that they were going to double Zach Ertz. Someone else uh-huh. needed to make the play. It was. N- I mean, Nelson Aguilar is not going to make you play, pay. Matt Collins, you know, had, had some good plays and then we'll have an offensive pass interference on third down or have a drop after an offensive pass <laughs> interference on third yeah. down, right? Um, Darren Sproles will have a offensive pass interference down the field on fourth and five it was crazy right so nelly made the best play of the day when he when he broke some tackles got in the end zone that was his only redeeming play pocket presence remains the biggest weakness for me of carson wentz he's got amazing escapability but he makes pockets harder than they should be for himself i agree there was a ball that was popped up and Wentz elevated for it. And I swear yeah. to you, I was like, he's going to try to catch this and run this, this absolute idiot. Yeah. And then he threw down on the ground and I was like, I'm very proud of you. Thank Smart you. Smart move. You know, Sanders not being ready to be a long-term player is not something that should be so, too surprising. And that's the thing. I've also seen like, man, like wish the Eagles had actually drafted good what players. A bad draft. It's the third, <laughs> it's the third game of their careers. Yeah, right. Really just coming back for the ball and high pointing it and being a little bit more of an attacker in the air. That's what you expect from J-Jaw. That's what we saw in college. That was not... Right. The way he attacked that ball was not how I'm used to seeing Arthega Whiteside attack balls in the air. Right. Let me know if you disagree. No, and that's that's the thing. is The thing that was the best thing about that play, that the, the actual quality performance in that play, was Melvin, the corner, not getting pass interference. Because that's what Arthega Whiteside saw, thought was going to happen. And that's what happens five bajillion times out of five bajillion times on that route, is that you know, that ball's behind on the post. The corner's in a recovery technique. The wide receiver stops and goes up 
to address the football, the corner barrels into him, grabs into him, trying to stop his momentum, and it's pass interference whether it's caught or not, mm-hmm. right? That's what Ortega Whiteside was probably expecting in terms of contact. Ortega Whiteside needs to become better at uh, to drawing that that penalty, right? And so Ortega Whiteside elevates, and he, he elevates away from Melvin, elevate directly vertical, go directly up, and you will incite that contact. Right. Then you'll, you'll also be the one attacking the football. The ball won't eat you up. The, the the drops are devastating, but anybody who can't look through the performance of a injured and young wide receiver core and say Carson Wentz played a really good game and put his team in a position to win multiple times. True, but we know Car- but we know Carson's good. We know Carson's really good. That's not the problem. The- do we? Yeah. Do we? We still act like we don't know that. Like well, the, the general do. consensus. <laughs> Oh, the Eagles fans are booing. Oh, what are they? Their <laughs> defense has played pretty good. They're, they're losing 20 to 10. Right. Like, oh, but their defense has played well. Okay, well, that's screw great. you. We're not Minnesota, all right? We're not like, I'm like, it's been a good effort so far. Yeah. They're losing. They're upset that they're losing. How is this hard for you to understand? So let's all breathe. Hit the panic button because we're going to three words. And I'm just going to breeze right past it because it's stupid. All right, let's go to uh, – no offense, brother. Thanks for listening. We also had um, at Philly Rob 15 Rob Hill says when's his snake bitten, which honestly really is. He's got to feel like that, right? Right. I mean like – We 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 give all the context for what happened in this yeah. game. Wentz himself considering right. everything he's had to do and the way that the Eagles have failed in these situations with him in there. He's right. got to feel like that a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought to myself after the game, I was taking the puppy out and I was thinking about the game and I really thought to myself like, man, how are they going to choose what to put in the 30 for 30 of, you know, <laughs> the what could have been with Carson Wentz right. before he just quit football? Because like the poor guy just like injury, your backup wins the first Super Bowl for the team back in 2018, continued injury 2019. Just everything is conspiring against this dude. It sucks. Why are we writing off the Packers as a loss? <laughs> I think the Eagles are going to come out and have a great game against the 3-0 Packers. Why wouldn't yep. they? This is a team that is woefully underperformed in terms of the win-loss column and has performed well except for critical situations on, on field. There's, this is a team that is a strong, huge candidate for positive regression to the mean of what their performance should be. Week 4, Philadelphia 34, Green Bay 27. Your final score prediction of 34 to 30 didn't age too well, but it aged pretty well for being honest. You were close there. I'm furious that (laughs) LaFleur, who turtled all game, did not turtle on fourth and goal from the one and kick a field goal. But yeah, no, this was very much so the Eagles' performance that we were anticipating. This is a very good team that should not have been one and two. This is like, to me, this is very much like the Eagles are who we thought they were. Um, Which, shout out, in terms of of things aging well, there, (laughs) Michael who went on a second-quarter tirade against Nigel Bradham and his inability to catch. Look, 2016, September 19th, the last Nigel Bradham interception, he drops a sure pick six that would have made it a two-score game. So I tweeted out that he had butts for hands. Turns out, butts are really good at catching footballs that get deflected into your hands with hero Craig James coming in and making a play on the ball there on the coverage. This goes back to old Jimbo. Yeah. It's hard to play. That deep cover three, those eight yards off, when there's a whole field behind you, but once that defense gets to the red zone, brother, and that field condenses, yeah, oh man, it's good. You're in Jimbo's world at that point. The Eagles defense gets so good in the red zone, but what it does come down to is, yes, the space is compressed, the, the, the corners are more free to play up near the line of scrimmage, and it limits the quick game. And I, I had this tweet where I said, yeah, Matt LaFleur, the, 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 the play calling at the goal line was really questionable. But that interception by Nigel Bradham to Good end call. the game. Good call. It's a goal line slant flat rub route yep. against a practice squad corner. Yep. Who, this is his first active snaps ever. That's and, never and, and the thinking is you go after the cornerback that just came yeah. in for somebody else. And teams don't do enough of that. There was a study by by Sharp Football. One of his guys wrote it up where they showed the difference in attacking that cornerback early and how, how much it can pay off for you. Teams just don't do it enough. The Packers made the right call. It's the right concept. It's the right guy to attack. He just happened to make a play. Like I, You think they got the switch wrong. I think that you just said that's what you do. You target the new corner. And Malcolm Jenkins knows that. And I think Malcolm <laughs> Jenkins reads slant flat as it's happening. I truly do. Watch his head. Yeah. Watch his head right at the snap. I'm scrubbing so I can see it. You see him peek through. So Malcolm Jenkins is in the is in the slot. Craig James in the outside. 
and they're running slant flat and the slant the the flat route from the slot receiver over whom Malcolm Jenkins is aligned head up that's going to be the rub route that player's role is to pick off Craig James create some contact there so the slant comes underneath the flat Malcolm Jenkins collisions the the flat route which is yeah. intended to, to to create the collision itself he collisions it and through contact reads that slant is coming underneath let's go of the flat the flat route which is to your point if Rogers holsters this it's a wide open touchdown because yeah. Jenkins in my opinion just leaves his assignment <laughs> but anyway so lets it go and he's right there for this ball to arrive he's right there as this ball comes into play and accordingly does this affect uh Aaron Rodgers vision as he's throwing the ball probably not the ball's already been released but if this ball is even caught or if Craig James isn't there to make contact with with uh the receiver I believe this is uh Valdez Scantling as it arrives well Jenkins is there to make a play on the ball so this is a great read by Jenkins now Craig James does a good job fighting through contact is it pass interference probably not but whatever he's there this is a great read by Jenkins it's going to go under notice because James is the one generates the pass breakup and Nigel Bradham gets the the deflection but this was never going to score on the slam because Jenkins was going to be there to bury the route even if it was caught mostly I mean when we get what we ask for the team wins the game it's very interesting to run more split field coverages too high stuff to give some help to these corners they really didn't start doing it until probably the one minute drill in the second quarter yeah but from what I saw when they were in split field it wasn't good <laughs> they were no. giving up completions I'm very glad he tried it and yeah. then I will watch the film and I will adjudicate on the quality they were having issues overlapping zones especially on the touchdown they got flooded with three verticals and and right. it was just wide open so there's there's issues with the coverage of this defense and we can talk about Jimbo and, and his game non-Rogers players went for 33 yards yeah there's no reason to run against Philly their secondary is one of the worst in the league and their run defense is one of the best you have Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback. I would enjoy it if the run defense was a little worse. Outside of the strip sack from Derek Barnett, who once again gets a sack being blocked by a tight end. Thank you. No problem. Appreciate not having to be the one to identify that <laughs> detail. So the, the so the theme is that the number one defensive end for the Eagles is, is bad at getting sacks and the cornerbacks are bad at covering, which are two very vital skills for I've those heard, positions. Yeah, yeah, that's not as great. The Packers ran curl flat snag. What I what I what I know is eleven twenty one, which is slant flat and double slants. Right. And then a nine route to Devontae Adams and a and a, and a, and a smoke screen, and they scored ten points in two drives. Day one install plays, Michael. Basic plays. There's also the fact of how many drives that they start, how many first and tens that they have, where they just run into a brick wall because Jimbo loves to have people in the box. I don't know why the Packers are so adamant on getting their suck established essentially which i'm going to eat those words later but yeah i I agree continue you now have corners who cannot stick with receivers and man coverage and you have linebackers that cannot handle underneath routes in zone coverage now do you have defense backs that can handle intermediate routes in zone coverage no you don't you regularly had geronimo allison and marcus valdo scaling uncovering across the intermediate areas of the field on intermediate breaking routes okay when you blitz mike you're not arriving. You're not getting there successfully. When you blitz six or seven, Sandejo can't stick Jimmy Graham in man coverage and it's a touchdown. When you do your little four-man simulated pressure and you bail your edges into underneath zones, it doesn't work well for you and you give up first downs and touchdowns. The Eagles can't blitz. They can't cover. They can't match protect. As frustrated as we get are with you, Jimbo. Are you, done with the, are you done with the pen now? <laughs> no, never. I, my goal in this is to make this as difficult for you to edit as possible. Go ahead. As much as I get frustrated with Jimbo, who I think will get good stretches of play from his defense and then just change what he's been doing, mm. which I don't think is necessary. For as much of a of a hard time as we give him, nobody in the back seven can cover. Yeah. Rasul Douglas, the, and the hero of my life, and Malcolm Jenkins. Okay, two people in the secondary can cover, but that does not a secondary make! Great coverage by Rasul on the double move by Devontae Adams in that spot, too, in the oh, red zone. Oh, that, that little sluggo? Yeah. Listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. Year one, Rasul Douglas gets roasted on that route. (laughs) Destroyed and did, and we can find the film if you want us to. Oh, I I remember an exact play like that where he just got You and I probably both have it clipped somewhere on timeline from 2017 of Rasul Douglas (laughs) against the Giants. Against the Giants. Just getting obliterated by a double move. This doesn't happen here against Devontae Adams. And, you know, I said Rasul Douglas was not the sort of player you want matching Devontae Adams and off coverage because he's a great (laughs) route runner. Okay, Rasul, listen to the podcast. The run game for the Eagles, I called it establishing the suck leading up to this game. This offensive line really took over in this game. Jordan Howard, 15 carries, 87 yards, two touchdowns, 5.8 average. Miles Sanders, 11 carries, 
72 yards, 6.5. And there was a tweet by Warren Sharp where he was talking about the, the numbers that the Packers are giving up over the left side, over the left tackle, 11.8 yards per carry, outside the left tackle, 5.3 yards per carry. The Eagles gashed them lot. on that side. The run, the run blocking was fantastic. These running backs, Miles Sanders has some, has some great bursts, no doubt. Howard finishes well, at least he did in this game. They cannot, if they could make a single defensive back miss, they would have had 300 yards. Well, not Howard. Howard's going to get chased down. But well, Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you on Sanders. Yeah. Sanders got tackled by a kicker and a safety brother. Right. There were points in the game, too, where Isaac Ciamalo was getting moving on Kenny Clark. Like, this offensive line was bumping, dude. Jason Kelsey versus Kenny Clark. Kelsey won. Yeah. And that's that's All the game. type of guy that we talked about that Kelsey might struggle with. And Kelsey got All a W on game, that. All game, Kelsey yeah. won. He, he owned him. I do owe Doug an apology. I have been very critical of the screen game over recent weeks. Boy, did it work. Still, generally, do not like screen passes. As a, as a Which, as an Eagles fan who grew up under Andy Reid, is like heresy, and I know that. <laughs> Kansas City's still great at it. I don't like screens. You need it's, – it's like a running play. You need seven things to go right to get the, the play correct. I just don't think it's a, it's a high percentage play. But – the, the, the Eagles do a really good job on, on those screens that were successful of getting into them very quickly. They don't use those slow developing screens where, you know, the defensive line and the linebackers has four seconds to hit. Like, hey, nobody's blocking me. Oh, I wonder why the tackle ran right by me. No, they like open it up like that little Dallas Goddard screen. It develops very quickly. Um, and so so I like that. I, I, I thought the screen game worked well. I thought Doug called, as he always does, a very good game uh, pole to pole in terms of offensive scheming and designing. The screens were more effective uh, this week than they have been in previous week, weeks. And as I said, I owe him an apology for that. So good job, Dougie. You had the out route from Alshon Jeffrey, who, based on what we said about Kevin King, was not at all healthy and bad yes, at the catch that is point. My, that's my take, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Alshon got bodied by Kevin King after we trashed Kevin King for five minutes. So Alshon was not healthy. Next. I want to talk about the offense real quick because the eight-play, 76-yard drive early in the third quarter was exactly what this Eagles offense needs to be, especially without Deshaun Jackson in the lineup because you're missing that vertical threat. The RPO passing game bumped, the screen game bumped, and the mesh-sit-wheel concept on the 20-yard Jordan Howard touchdown is exactly how that play is supposed to work. Linebacker gets caught up in traffic. The wheel is wide, wide, wide open. And look, Jordan Howard is not a dynamic receiving option, but I think right. any running back in the league catches that and takes it to the house. So good scheme there. A staple for the Eagles coming through in a big situation. Put him up 27 to 20. Schwartz brings a blitz. Sandejo makes a move towards the backfield like he's going mm -hmm. to blitz. And then it looks like he's mm -hmm. confused if he's picking up either the running back or the tight end. Yes. It was the weirdest movement at the snap for what his actual responsibility was. And I think that's not only a problem for the Eagles as far as coverage-wise because the, the quarterbacks were getting toasted in the early portions of the game really, really bad. But then also Sandejo adds that terrible coverage to it as well. This defense has got some problems moving forward. And look... It's a great night. Eagles win a close game, so you can stash those tweets about Wentz being clutch and how many close score games and his record and all that stuff. You can put that away for tonight, but the defense has some issues. I'll, I'll get you started. Matt LaFleur, though, on first down and one, yes. on the one-yard line, okay. throws not a 50-50 ball. Fades are not 50-50 balls. They're about 20-80. Leads off with that to Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Rodney McLeod makes a fantastic play. And then after that, Three more passes. And I know one of them was like one of those run-run pass options where it's you can hand it off, Rodgers can keep it, and then he can throw it. We saw that from Wentz last week where mm -hmm. he can look for Ertz or he can take it in himself. But zero runs just caught like people think like the analytics crowd is like never run. You can run from the one-yard line on first and goal. Did you see his tweet? Or not his tweet, obviously, but his quote on Twitter about this? No. He's like, listen, we lost Jamal Adams or Jamal Williams. We only dressed two tailbacks. You have to change the game plan in, in, in the case. Listen. What? Listen. What? If, you, if, if you're worried about only having the one tailback, <laughs> why are you running him a lot at like the 48? Right. And then at the one is when the spot where you don't use him. I'm losing my mind. What is he talking about? The Packers went dime against 11. 
Yeah. And nickel against 12. Yeah. This allows the Eagles to get either Jason Kelsey or Dallas Goddard regularly against a linebacker and a safety. This is what we were talking about before you gave me the, the Maddox update. That's what I was going to say. They were yes. so light against the Eagles personnel. They got gashed for it. Manage your personnel as you want. But how many snaps of Redmond did you watch coming into this game? And Will Redmond versus Dallas Goddard, automatic throw. Zach Ertz versus any of the safeties you're giving him. <laughs> He's not right? even giving you coverage value. This is, the teams have tried this. The, the Rams in 2018 is a great example. Okay, yeah. the Eagles are so good at passing their tight ends, we're just going to load them up with safeties. Steelers are doing it now. Keith Butler is doing it now with Mark Barron, and it's failing. <laughs> It's but and that's the thing is like okay well we just said like oh we should invite the run right like you know the Eagles even should invite the run more well the Packers defense was inviting the run via this the thing is is that your average team's tight end two coming up to tag the safety is miles different than Dallas Goddard coming up to tag the safety correct it's but yeah especially when it's Will Redmond different. Yeah. Right, exactly. And so accordingly, like, I mean, Goddard had, uh, I'm probably going to, I cut up all of Goddard's blocks against the Chicago Bears in the wildcard games. It was tremendous. I'm probably going to do the same. Oh, yeah. I'm probably going to do the, the same against the 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 the, the Packers in this game because he was out of this world. I haven't seen any Fire Jim Schwartzes, which I saw a lot of Fire Jim Schwartzes in the first quarter. Yeah. Very interesting that there are none so far. Um, But Elovino says Craig James Hive. And I'd just like to say that on this podcast, we have so many times called for Craig James to play more snaps. We have. Get more reps. You did the great breakdown, the film breakdown of his previous snaps and his college reps. You grab pretty much any episode we've produced over the last year, year and a half, and there's been a Craig James mention. We've known from the beginning. So thank goodness Craig James is here. We had the we had the Craig James emergency pod too. Did we actually? No, no, we didn't. But like people were oh, okay. asking for it. We, okay. You know, I, I considered Let's, it. Hey, listen, you got to listen to this podcast. Why do you have to listen to this podcast? Because we know things. We know things like the Eagles winning and why it happened and how it's good and why why they're never going to lose a game ever again. And it's debatable. Great. I thought... The, the production that we were able to put out for the short week was great. Yeah. Uh, it was good to be as prepared for the game as we did. I think a lot of things that we saw in the game were kind of what we expected to see in the game. Uh, and we're, we're glad that we're able to get that sort of coverage out to you guys. If you agree with that sentiment, uh, you like the, the the product we're able to put out, especially on the short week. Make sure you stick around for the remainder of the season. We're hoping to prepare you for every game the way that we did for the Packers. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe on whatever app you listen to the podcast. He is Michael Kist on Twitter, at Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T. I am Benjamin Solak on Twitter, at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K tomorrow. BLG Jimmy? Maybe brother, it's it's Thursday. I don't... Okay, there's no rules for what's about to happen. You <laughs> again, as I always say, because I don't know the schedule, just subscribe to the doggone <laughs> podcast, and then it'll show up when you get a notification. It's handy modern technology. I, I might try to get Mark Schofield for an early QB Sco show if I can, and then we'll do we'll do two. But yeah, yeah right, right now it's kind of up in the air. We're just waiting for film to drop, to be honest with you. We'll have at the podium with pressers. Do we get the all 22 early? Because it's on Thursday. Brother, with Game Pass, you never know. Because week one, we didn't get the all 22 Game Pass from the week one game until when the rest of it dropped. And it was half bad. It it didn't work. So I'm hoping it drops on Saturday because I will definitely skip some terrible 12 o'clock college football games. I I don't even know the schedule for the college football games, but I will... I will chow down film on Saturday if, if that's what I got going on. Yes, if we get the All-22 early, we can do more things with it. That's what I'm saying. Um, we, yes. got a, we got a big gap now. We should be really, really prepped up for the Vikings because I'm definitely looking past for the Jets. <laughs> Listen, at the NFL, at Game Pass, support the podcast by telling them to give us the All-22 as Good. soon as possible. Yeah, right. I love us. you. We love you. You are friends. You are. We are nice. We, we are nice. You, we're, we, we are all friends. we got. You we all nice. we need. Fly, Eagles, fly. I don't know why you didn't let me do the nice thing at the end. Really? You don't? It was going so well. (laughs) I was getting there. (laughs) I'm tired. P-G-N.